Yo, what's up? I'm your host, Brandon Morrison, the You Can Be Mo podcast. And this episode is the Women's Basketball Edition, bringing on five amazing starters. Some of these ladies have played in the WNBA, they're playing over in Europe, playing at the Division I level, Division II level, NAIA. We have players that played and represented the United States of America. They played on the USA team. Uh, We have a McDonald's All-American. I mean, this is a really well-accomplished starting five that's joining us on the podcast tonight. Um, I do apologize. We were not able to record segment two. Uh, However, segment segment one and in the closing segment, these ladies are really dropping some golden nuggets that many basketball players and basketball lovers would love to hear. I hope you guys enjoy this. Always remember, you can be Mo. This is the best damn podcast in the land. I'm your host, Brandon Morris. Welcome to the You Can Be Mo podcast. We have the women's basketball edition once again. And we have some ladies that played at a high level. So for tonight's starters, the youngest pup of the group, my girl, my homie from Wyoming. No, I'm just kidding. She's from Kenosha. Grace Scalzo. Grace, what up? What's up, Brandon? Happy to be here. That's what's up. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, I'm going to be a sophomore at UW Parkside, where I just completed my first year playing. Um, I played varsity for three years at Bradford High School. Um, I couldn't play my fourth through the injury, but I also played in that time during the AAU season on Midwest Elite in the EYBL circuit. So, yep, that's me. Excellent. Shout out to Grace for jumping on the podcast tonight. Appreciate it. Next up, the 21-year-old. Hard to believe. The man in the middle. Wait a minute, do you play center? I don't know. All right, she's more of a guard now. My girl, Sydney Cooks. Hello. <laughs> what up, Sid? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I scored 1,000 points in high school. I went to St. Joe's Catholic Academy. Um, I was in McDonald's All-American, Jordan Brandon All-American, two USA teams. I am now going into my senior year at Mississippi State University, um, playing my first year there, um, and I have two years of eligibility left, so stay tuned. You will see the progress. <laughs> stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, Sid. <clears throat> hey, y'all, don't be, don't be afraid like Sid. She, she's trying to act nervous. Make sure y'all speak up so everybody can hear y'all. Uh, next up, young ladies. She got like a triple masters or something right now. My girl, Jayla Harris. Jayla, what up? Yo, what's up? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I went to St. Joe's Catholic Academy with Sid. I played Sid with her, but um, I was an all-conference player all four years, and I scored a thousand points Smart at St. Joe's. And then I went to Cardinal Stretch for college. And there I was also an all-conference player and we made it to 
the Sweet 16, three out of my four years there. Um, and I also, again, scored a thousand points in college, so that's exciting. I was wow. hooping. Wow, you were. You were hooping. You were hooping. You are balling. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out to Jalen for jumping on the podcast tonight. We appreciate you. Uh-oh. This other young lady might have a double masters or a triple masters as well. Holding it down for the race scene. Oh, we got two race scenes in the building. Gabby Ortiz. What up, G? What's up, Vimo? Good to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So I went to the Prairie School here in Racine, graduated there in uh, 2014, um, scored a thousand points there. <laughs> and then I went off to University of Oklahoma um, where I was uh, Big 12 freshman of the year. Um, I got another uh, thousand point in my career there. Um, some all-conference honors, some uh, academic uh, All-American, that's what I'm proud of. Got to gotta, gotta be in the books. Um, but no, uh, I love my career there. Had a great time. Um, also, like I said, I played uh, on Team USA while I was in college my freshman year and uh, won a gold medal for Team USA. Wow. Gold medals, McDonald's All-American, thousand points. You guys, um, you guys are holding it down. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to, to Gabby for joining us tonight. And the eldest of the group, but she's a lot younger than uh, Coach Corey. Just going to throw that out there. Uh, shout out to my homie, Sam Logic. What it do? How's it going? Doing very well. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You represent Racine? Yeah, that's the second one Racine here. Um, I graduated from Racine Case uh, 2011, a little, little bit ago now. Um, believe I was a thousand point scorer there. We don't really do two stats as much as people do now, I don't think. Um, then I went on to play at the University of Iowa for four years. Um, Big 10 all freshman team. Then I got a couple of first team honors there. Um, third team ESPN All-American. Then I ended up being drafted by the Atlanta Dream number 10 in 2015. Played a little bit for Atlanta, got traded to San Antonio for half the season or something like that. And then um, I will be heading overseas for my sixth year professionally in Europe and otherwise. So, been around the block a little bit. Wow, that's what's up. WNBA action. Whew. I mean, <laughs> wow, that's what's up. Appreciate you for jumping on the podcast tonight, Sam. I mean, those are the starters for tonight. I don't know GL, I don't know Corey, I don't know who y'all gonna guard, but uh I'm just gonna be the coach for the night. I ain't I don't want no trouble. Uh so our bench players tonight with us and always they warm up the bench pretty dang good. Coach Corey got ten years at the college level, being an assistant coach for the men's basketball squad. St. Norbert College. Shout out to Coach Shashelshik. If anybody, and I still haven't gotten the email. Actually, I got two emails. I need to calls though to try and say his name three times fast, and we're gonna send you a hundred dollars airmail. I still ain't got it right yet. <clears throat> Anyways, shout out to our bench player Corey Shashelshik, and our other bench player who constantly holds it down. 
He has 30 plus years in the game. He's been on the sidelines since he was a, a teenager. Shout out to my man, Coach Greg Leach, Kenosha Bradford head coach for the last seven years. Last seven years. Anyways, let's jump right into it. I have a, I have a couple questions to start us off and then the coaches will back us up. Um, so right away, I want to come to Jayla. Um, you, you scored a thousand points in high school, a thousand points in college. Clearly you don't pass the ball. Um, <laughs> what, what, what was, what was that feeling like the night that you got, you know, I'm assuming they give you a ball or a trophy or that mention. What was that night like to have it in high school and then again in college? Um, well, in high school, mind you, me and Sid played together. That was super exciting because I think it was a week apart. We scored them, so it was like we scored them together. So that was pretty exciting, like, doing that with her. But once you finally get that 1,000-point ball, it's like all the work you put in, is like it's like paid off. And I do pass the ball, B. <laughs> <laughs> in college, um, I didn't think I was going to do it because I was going to be able to do it. Because coming into my senior year, I only had like 400 points because I had got injured one year. So oh. I wasn't playing. So my senior year, I just really went crazy. And like, it was super exciting. I haven't gotten my um, ball from college yet due to all the COVID. But when it does come, I'm looking forward to that. And it's like, it's exciting. It's just like you, all the work you put in is like in that ball. Wow. That's special. That's special. Yeah. Um, Appreciate that. Uh, Sam, logic. Okay. Coming from racing, um, going over to the pretty state of Iowa, <laughs> and then obviously down to Atlanta Dream, San Antonio, uh, Sablakia now. Um, what What's that experience like? I mean, we're all from Kenosha and Racine and then to go to these bigger cities and, and play on such a high level. What is that like? What does that mean to you? Oh, it's everything. I mean, um, you know, we, you go and dabble here and there in Chicago or Milwaukee, you know, but obviously like you said, Racine and Kenosha a little bit smaller. Um, Iowa city is about the same size as Racine. So that was, that wasn't that big of a difference. Uh, obviously in a college town though, where they live and die by um, the Hawks, like that's, everything there you go there and it's nothing no pro teams nothing it's like you either as soon as you get off the freeway everything is Iowa um so that's just what one of the things that really drew me to Iowa but that like you said you go to Atlanta San Antonio um I li I've lived in Vienna I've lived in the third biggest city in Australia so um it's just a different vibe everywhere that you go especially in places that they don't speak English uh that makes it a little bit more difficult um but uh, makes you appreciate when when you come back home and everybody else can understand you and you can read signs and stuff like that. So um, it uh, it definitely changed your viewpoint on everything and on traveling and um, just being able to experience different kind of cultures and different kind of people literally all over the world. Excellent. Thank you for that. Coach Shelshik, uh who do you got a question for? Well, my question is really to all the ladies. I, I know I was supposed to do a specific one, but... Um, you know, when you look at what your competition has been throughout and, and that drive that's inside of you, what, what do you think motivates you to be as, as elite as all of you are? Cause all, all, all of you 
women have been elite players at such a at different levels and, and around, you know, I've heard Jayla even say three sweet 16s. That's unheard of in, in a college career. So what I want to know is what really motivates you to be the best you can be. All right. So that, that that's something I always love hearing from elite players. So anybody, that, that, that question goes out to anybody. Uh, I guess all this goes first, I bet. Um, I think from even like a, from a young age, I've always been really competitive just with myself. Um, my mom tells a story there is when I was really little um, in our basement stairs, I would go up the stairs and I'd jump off the first step and see if I can land it. Then I'd go up two and see if I can land it. Third step, so I got to about the fifth or sixth step and I... I didn't land that. I, I was just by myself, but I landed and smacked my face like right on that wall at the basement stairs. Like it's just always been something that I've always, um, I've always wanted to see how far I can go with things, whether it was in school or I mean basketball, obviously. But um, even when I, I played softball and um, soccer and all those other things, like I always wanted to be the best at like everything. So um, it's just been natural for me since I was little. Um, to just like when I'm some when I'm in something and I, I want to give like everything that I have, whether that's the best in the room on the court, whatever, um, it's just gonna be whatever I can give. I'm I'm definitely gonna give. Excellent. Yeah, going off of Sam, um, I think my the competitive drive definitely plays a big part of it. Like I think all of us here and anyone that's playing at a, at the next level, um, we're just high, you're just highly competitive. I mean, if you don't have that attribute, you're not, you're not going to get there. And I think that's a lot of us what drives us. Um, but I, you know, I, and I think just like, I don't know, just the, the basketball is such an amazing thing. The team sports too. I mean, that's what's completely different. Just like that camaraderie and being around that and just doing it for, those people you get to play with. I don't know there's so many different factors, but uh, I definitely would agree that the competitive drive is, is a big thing that's played for me and just always want to attain that next goal. Um, I think it's just fun setting setting those goals and just reaching for them. Um, just seeing what you can do kind of becomes a little game within yourself, so. Jayla. So yeah, so going off the of both of them, it definitely has to be like, you have to have a competitive drive. But like personally, I also think like for me, it comes to my teammates like pushing myself harder for them because I don't want to let anybody else on my team down or like it kills me if I'm missing a layup or missing a shot because I don't want to let them down. So I work harder and I push myself harder so that I'm not letting anybody else down. And ultimately that just benefits us all. Sit. Um, I would say just, I've always just had a passion for the game. Um, I always would be the tallest, but really the smallest. I was always the youngest on the team. So at a young age, I had to realize I wasn't really, my age group wasn't really as talented and could do as many things as me. So I challenged myself to play up. And I had always played up. And when my year finally came, my last year at UIPL, I was like, oh, these are the people that are, you know, in the same rankings and stuff as me. So I think just like they said, having that competitive edge, wanting to be challenged um, and, you know, just having that drive, being hungry. Like now I sat out a season, I'm hungry. I'm ready to get back on that court and, you know, show everyone what that sitting out did for me. So um, just like everyone else said, 
Grace. Okay, not to be a broken record here, but um, I definitely think that the competitive drive is for sure a factor. And um, whether it was in the classroom or on the court, if a teacher or a coach is going to challenge me, like I have to be the one to show them like I can do whatever you ask me to do because that's why I'm here. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. So that's always been it for me. Cool. GL, you got a question for anybody? Yeah, I had one uh, for Sydney. Uh, Sydney, after sitting out following the transfer, how did you adjust mentally to that, not being able to play? And what are the things that you worked on to make sure that you're going to be that impact player that you want to be at Mississippi State next year? Yeah, so I definitely my teammates, like, they're the best people ever. They made sure that I brought it every day, even though I was sitting out, that and I was on practice team, that didn't mean anything. Um, so my whole thing was just getting my game back to where it needed to be, um, handling the ball more, being able to just elevate those uh, pull-up jump shots and driving to the basket, and working with the past coaching staff that we had, they made sure of that. They made sure that I did everything. I was putting in the extra work, even when they were traveling. Um, I was in the gym. I was conditioning something was happening um even though I wasn't physically playing with them um mentally I don't really try to let myself get down so it's not that hard for me to like just stay upbeat I knew even just using my voice would be a huge factor and I could still be a leader on the team if I just use my voice and you know kind of lead by example so sitting out I'm more than grateful that I was able to sit out because I learned a lot about myself and about my game to be able to elevate it for when I do play. So. Interesting. Coach Tanisoff, do you have a question for anybody? Second segment, I will when I catch up. <laughs> Sound good. Sound good. All right, so let's jump into this first segment then. Um, ladies, again, we'll, we'll start with the youngest and we'll go to uh, the eldest. So the first question we have uh, is knowing what you know now, what do you say to your high school self about playing at the next level? Grace. So um, I didn't get to uh, play my senior year due to injury. So I went straight from junior year of high school to freshman in college and that was definitely rough. So I would just say it becomes a mental game, or at least it was for me. And confidence is key. So I would have told my high school self, like, you are recruited for a reason. So just go in there and keep your confidence because it makes a huge difference. Mm. Appreciate that. Jayla. Um, actually, kind of going off the grace. Uh, my junior year in high school, I tore my Achilles, so I had a huge injury. I just was down on myself and down on myself. So, like, looking back now, I would tell, personally me, I would tell my high school self to keep pushing and to take the D1 uh, scholarship because I didn't want to, I, like, I was down on myself, so I didn't think I could have done it. But if I would have kept pushing myself and worked harder and harder, I could have been there. So, that's what I would tell myself. Keep fighting. Excellent. See it. Um, I would tell myself to just enjoy the moment, 
Um, it's totally different when you go to college. And luckily for me, I got to play with Jayla, Ja'Cory, Star, Nayara, people that I've been playing with for years. So our connection was like spot on since freshman year to when I graduated. We knew what we were doing at all times. Um, so I was very lucky to have that type of bond in high school anyways. But like I said, it's totally different once you get to college. So just enjoy the moment. Don't get too overstressed, but definitely outwork so that you can be noticed and nothing goes, you know, on the back end just because you want to be lazy a season or something like that. Like continue to work. Uh, Gabby. Yes. So we have our first sponsorship for tonight. Gabby, let's get the let's hit the unmute button. Uh, Gabby Ortiz is a little shy, so okay, here we go. All right, we're good. Um, no, I would say to em embrace. We're not. We don't like to fail, right? Like I've always been a perfectionist, and that was something I realized in college that almost came to hurt me sometimes, you know, right? Um, which you wouldn't think, right? Like if you strive to be perfect, you think it's gonna benefit you, which it does. But I saw I saw the other side of that as well. And so I would say to that it's okay to fail and you don't have to be perfect in all situations. Um, and so, yeah, and then like obviously going off like the Sid, like just enjoy it. Like you, you don't, everything doesn't have to be so serious and so, um, picture perfect at the moment. You got to really enjoy it and embrace it. But uh, yeah, it's okay to fail sometimes. You learn from it, grows you, uh, makes you a lot stronger. Uh, Sam. Yeah, I'll kind of go off of what um, Gabby kind of just said of, I was pretty much a perfectionist too, or have been, still kind of am. Um, just taking those like losses and, you know, and literally and like figuratively, like, you know, whether it's a game or um, injury or whatever it would be to to just like grow from every single loss. Like I think our coaching staff did a decent job, like a pretty good job with us. Um, and I thought taught like to live in the moment and stuff like that of um, like enjoying high school, enjoying what we had, you know, as, as a good team that we had. Um, but I think just, um, yeah, really, really still enjoy it and still like, just grow from every single failure that you're going to have because you are going to fail. And like, that's not a bad thing necessarily, you know, and no, I don't think anyone likes to lose. No one likes to take those L's, but, um, it, it's definitely like a normal, I wish it was more normalized, you know, in general, like that you're going to fail, but it's how you're reacting to failure that like kind of grows you as a person and as a player. Um, so I do got one follow-up question to that. Um, this just came in on through Twitter. Um, so for uh, Gabby and Sam, is your work ethic different uh, than it was when you were in college now that you are a pro? I don't think it's different. Um, I don't think Gabby's is either from what she said and how, how when we worked out together and stuff. I think um, you work differently though. You, when you're a pro, um, you got to work, you get older, you know, you got to work smarter, sometimes not harder. Um, I think we're both at, you know, you're at that level of, um, you know, when your body's feeling 
rough or like you know you, you know like at this point okay like I have an eight month season where you're mentally and physically away from your family and your friends and you're missing all this kind of stuff um same thing in a lot in college but like I said you add in those things like uh different languages and not having any friends as soon as you get there except your team um but I think your work ethic doesn't really change when you're in that setting like when I'm like I said before when I'm somewhere I'm gonna be there 100 percent whether it's um, my body's at 80% or whatever it is, like I'm gonna get to that 80% then because that's like what I can give that day. Um, but I think you just, once, like I said, you gotta stretch a little earlier, you gotta warm up a little longer, um, you gotta take your time and get you know things done like that. But um, uh, no, I don't, personally, I don't think my work ethic has changed at all. Yeah, I won't go along with it. She hit it on the head. Uh, I would agree with everything. Um, mine hasn't changed, but definitely just smarter and different you, you realize um the pro the pro plane has has its perks definitely miss the college days but like there's things that you're grateful for as a pro um you can see how your body has adjusted and you just learn to really you know yourself even more um if that makes sense so you just play off of that but um no it hasn't changed excellent cool all right sam we're coming to you with uh, the second question how do you compare the way you were coached in high school versus college? Well, the, when when I hear that question, I think of your coach like it's your coach's job, you know, like that's their that's their like how that's how they make their money. Like this is you know like when you take a loss, like that's their job that's on the line, and that's not like it's a bad thing, but everything is a little bit more serious. You know, like a lot of high school coaches are. Um, you know, like they, they love to coach. They just want to be there because like they want to help like people get better. Um, is most of the time not about, you know, it's not about the money. Um, not saying that college coaches don't have that, but like this is their full-time job. And like, if we don't perform, you know, it's, that's their, like, that's their butt on the line, you know, like, and, and not, like I said, not that it's a bad thing, but it just, everything is more intense all the time. Like when we're at practice, like that three hours, like you're there. Like there's no, like we don't waste a minute like that. Your, your water break is time, you know, like it's everything is like to a T um, and they don't have time to waste because they got a lot of stuff to do in three hours that you thought it was long in high school for, for two, you know? So um, I think that intensity just takes that, that next step it, even from players and from coaches. Gabby. Yeah, it's just a, a big jump. I mean, uh, Sam hit it on. Like, it's it's more, obviously, high school, it's just more free. It's more casual. Not saying that you're not getting yelled at. It's not, you know, there's not structure. There is. But um, that intensity and that demand and the discipline, um, just what's expected. I mean, everything is just escalated tenfold. So, um, and that just comes with the territory. So, I think... It's probably the same across the board through all, through all of us. Jayla. Yeah, just like I said, expectations were way higher. And then um, everything in college is kind of you earn it. Like you have to work for it. Like if you're not working or you're not putting in the work, it's gonna it can easily be taken away from you. Whereas for high school, it's kind of like it's it's kind of, you're there. It's a given. Like that you might not play as much as you want to, but they're gonna put you in. Otherwise, their parents are coming to yell at you. In college, is no parents. I remember the first time my coach, um, he, we talked to him or whatever. He's 
told us, um, if your parents say something to me, um, I'm deleting the message or I'm blocking them. Like, I'm not listening to them because that's, I think that's a huge difference. Like, you have to earn everything you get and you can't just go crying to mom and dad about no playing time because college coaches aren't here for that and it can be taken from you at any moment. So you have to remember that. Sid. Um, in high school, I think we were a bunch of goofballs. So like, and he had been coaching us for so long that at that point he kind of knew how goofy we were. Not that we didn't take stuff seriously because it showed in our winning and how successful everybody was, um, that we put in the work, but it was definitely more laid back. Um, we, like I said, we knew what everyone could do. So it wasn't as hard to like make sure we had these basic fundamentals down and all of that stuff. It was kind of like, let's go out there, let's throw some plays in, scrimmage, and do what we got to do to win. Now, college, I feel like the main thing I've learned definitely like in this last year is that you got to remember that this is still a business. They have to do what they got to do. So I just previously had a coaching change, and I love that staff. I absolutely love them. I feel like they got me to where I need to be in everything. But at the end of the day, you have to put in the work so that if that does happen, anybody can, you know, any staff that comes in can see clear as day, like this girl's working, she wants to play, um, she's gonna be a big factor for this university. So it's just a lot about building that relationship with them coaches, but understanding like, it, like they said, it's not just gonna get handed to you. You have to put in the work and prove yourself. Grace. Uh, in high school, I feel like the coaches coaches are more trying to like adjust to the different skill levels that they have, and um, whereas in college the bar is set, there's a standard, and everybody's meeting it. So if you're not, or if you're not fitting the mold, like there's somebody that's gonna, and everybody's at the same skill level. So I just feel like coaching is um, escalated for sure in college, but both are fun and done well. Good answer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up. The great answers by all you ladies. Um, man, I'm D. I'm just enjoying this. Yeah. For real. These guys, GL. These guys are doing such a great job. Um, my question is for more Sam and Gabby on this one. So now compare your pro coaching versus your college coaching, and what that looks like. I know I've been a part of working with some pros and. I've heard that from the guys' side, but I haven't heard that it's done from the women's side. So I'd imagine it's kind of the same, but what are your thoughts on co college versus pro? I'll go. Um, completely different again. I don't know about Sam's experience. We haven't really talked about pro coaches. That's one thing we haven't talked about. But um, at least for me, is a whole other ballgame again. Um, obviously, throwing the language barrier. I mean, you get some people, like my coaches personally, um, I've had two different ones now, actually three. Um, they Their English was very, very broken. Uh, my, my one in Spain, I mean, he could speak it, but not really. Like, I think it was that he acted like he knew what you were saying. He didn't know what you were saying. Um, and like, obviously all the practices, they're in another language. Um, and then in Poland, I thought my Spanish one was bad. He did not speak English, like did not. And um, so 
that one was really tough for me um, because I couldn't communicate with the coach. Um, so just a lot of pointing and hand signals, but I couldn't have any type of communication. So it was just really frustrating. Um, but halfway through, we did get a new coach in Poland, and he could at least have a simple conversation. So that that helped. Um, he could talk, and he then the uh, practices switched to English, um, which was a big change and very helpful. So outside of the language barrier, um, they, I mean, it's, it's, this is really a business just like uh, college. I mean, this is their job, their jobs on the line. Ours is on the line. So it's all about money when it comes to overseas. And, um, my first year was we were, had a winning season, so it wasn't a ton of pressure, but I mean, you get a loss and they just go crazy. I mean, things can, things just change real quick. Um, so that the the money, the language barrier, like the two biggest things, but just the pressure they can put on you, um, uh, I guess would be a big difference. Yeah, I mean, I've had it um, when I played in Australia. Obviously, they spoke English, and that was actually one of the best coaches I've ever had. Um, was my coach in Australia? We didn't have a very like talented team. We were pretty young, but um, he was one of my favorite coaches I've ever had. And then um, yeah, in France. Those practices were mostly in French, and then my uh, team in Slovakia was mostly in Slovak. So then we had people translating for us, assistant coaches or other teammates. Um, that makes it a little bit different, especially as point guards. Uh, you're supposed to have that rapport with a coach that you want things to, like, you want to be that extension of that coach. I'm like, but I don't know, Slovak. So, you know, that makes a little bit of a difference. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's uh it's very different. I think um, in in college, most teams are so team oriented. You know, hey, you give up a good shot to get a great shot. You know, that's I mean that's what Coach Bluter drilled that into our brains. Like, like so she believed that that's a good thing. Like that's how we played. Um, yeah, and you get overseas, like you got you have to perform or you won't get a job next year. Or you might they might try to figure your way out that that year. You know. Um, Switches happen all the time. They make it. They make it happen. If they don't want you there, they teams make it known, and they they figure out. I mean, we hear stories all the time for no apparent reason why you're getting team, teams cut you or um, buy part of your contract out. Or like I said, I mean, they they expect Americans over there, truthfully, to score. Like you don't score, you're not going to get a job. You're not going to get a job. And um, as a point guard, that's the most frustrating part, I think, is that I've never played that way, like score first mentality and still now. I mean, this is my sixth year in the league. This is the first year I probably had to, had to do it. Um, and it's a complete mindset shift because they expect their imports or their foreigners to really carry the team. Um, and if you don't, like I said, that's, that's, that's your butt on the line and that's your next job that might not be coming through. And then Sam, compare that to the WNBA. How, how does that work with that with that coaching dynamic too? Well, that that coaching dynamic is so um, that they're there for from my experience. They like your practices are a little bit shorter because I mean you have anywhere from twenty two year olds. I mean you know now DC Super thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven. You got to manage you know your star players there. Um, Angel Patry when I was there, you know. Um, Jane Appel, Danielle Robinson, like you have all these, like this wide range of age and physical like readiness. Um, so like I went in there, like our practices were pretty short, like they're like two hours again, but all, then 
the coaches will have individuals for you. So it would be, um, if you want it, you can come get it. Like, you know, they're going to put that on you. Um, and, but the same thing in WNBA, your, your rookie contract is, um, three years. I'm not sure now with the new, their new, uh, CBA, but, uh, it's three years, fourth year as a team option. And as on that rookie contract, they can cut you whenever they want. You don't have, you're not guaranteed any money. Um, which is very different than obviously the NBA, these guys signing huge contracts, which I mean, not saying it's not deserved, but just completely different. Like when I got cut, you know, I was in my second year, I was the last one cut in training camp in San Antonio. And that's not, that's money I'm just not getting just cause I, they don't, you know, I didn't make that 12th spot. So, um, yeah, it's just, like I said, it's cutthroat. It's the, it's the business. Um, and you know, they have to operate it as one too, you know, they have to make money and, they, they do what they think they have to do to do that. Thanks for that, Sam. <clears throat> Gabby. Uh, third question uh, of this first segment. Any advice you would give to parents asking what it takes for their kids to play college basketball? We have a few parents that listen in on the podcast, and they want to hear directly from players that are playing in college and players that have played in college, they want they they want advice from you guys because they want their kids to be playing where you guys are playing it or where some of you guys have played. What advice do you give to parents that have kids in high school? Grace, we're going to start with you. Uh, I would say let them fail. Uh, put them in situations that are more so to see how they respond to them um, than necessarily like how good they are always keep it real. Like my parents, if I played bad, you played bad. Like they're going to tell you straight how it is. So, um, I would just say don't sugarcoat anything. Sid. Um, I would say definitely invest and do your research. Research. My parents did very well with investing in my career. Um, and I feel like as a parent, it means a lot being at your kids' games. I know that I can count on my mom or my dad being at every tournament. One or the other is going to be there. Um, but now this technology that we have, I wish we had that because you can search a team up and see everything about them and be educated right then and there than to go on the team, spend all your money, and then not be happy. So I think you really need to invest in that and then definitely just – Push a kid. Like, don't be afraid. We'll get upset. I don't know how many times, like, I could still have 20 and 12, and they'll complain about something. Like, it's okay, but, like, <laughs> understand, like, as long as you're helping me push and be motivated, like, then I'm willing to listen to that um, criticism. And yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Jayla. Um, I say be supportive and to push your kids. So I think that's a big thing. You know your child more than anybody else knows your kid because that's your kid. So you know your kid's goals, you know what they want to do in life. And if whatever it is, even if it's a basketball, you push that kid to do that goal. Or if you see them just sitting around or they haven't picked up a ball in a week, like you know this, like tell your kid, get up. If you want to be a basketball player and you want to play college, get up and do something. So I think that's big. Also, a big thing, I'm a coach now, so I coach high school traveling ball. A big thing is that parents tend to sabotage also, so you want to 
be active and in your kid's life, but you don't want to do too much because, like, if you're arguing with coaches, college coaches also pay attention to that. So, like, my coach, for instance, even told me about an experience where he would would never recruit a player that he's seen because the way that their parent was acting. So the coaches aren't just watching your play, the kids. The coaches are watching the families and how they interact and all that stuff. So make sure that you're supportive and active in their life and try and help them, but don't sabotage by being that wild parent that just yells and screams at everybody. I like that one. Uh, Gabby. Yeah, going off that, those are all great points. So with the, I'm going to blend them. Um, I'm going off grace. Yeah, don't sugarcoat it. Don't lie. Don't lie to yourself. Don't let your kid lie to, your, lie to themselves. And um, just try not to be biased, you know, with that. Like, just speak it how it is and find just, you have to find that balance, right? So it's all about support as kids, as any child playing a game, they just want to know that their parent cares and that they're present. Be present, be supportive. Um, but that's where that balance comes in. Uh, let them do them. If you have some criticism, you can throw it in. But we know what we're doing wrong, and don't be don't be that overbearing, overpowering. Because like Jay was said, I mean, college coaches do see that. I mean, I know it's a running joke for you know AU coaches, high school coaches, people. These these coaches they don't want to deal with these parents that are that are acting crazy, acting stupid, out of line. Um, that's a lot, and that's gonna you might not know it, but it will hurt your kid. So don't let that be the reason your kid can't go to the next level. So I'm definitely gonna turn the volume up for our listeners because we do have some parents that listen to the podcast. I'm gonna turn the volume up on this answer so they can so they so they can hear it. Uh, Sam, I think. Um... There's a, it's a fine line with everything. Um, I think the most important thing is that you can't want it for your kid, though. Um, I think along with what everyone's saying, be supportive, push your kid if they want it. Um, but I think if, if you if you have a kid that doesn't want it, like I coach AAU, and, and I have had, had at different levels, different ages, um, coach a lot of camps and clinics and stuff, and you can tell when a kid doesn't want to be there and doesn't want to get better. But, like, their parents are forcing them to go there. You know, um, and I think it's a shame in a sense of that, like, if they don't want to be there, they're not going to be happy, like, with it. And I think um, you have to have passion for this game if you want to be at the next level. I don't care what level it is. I don't care if it's pro. Is that what you want to do? I don't care if you want to go from D1, D2, D3, NAIA. Um, I'm very passionate about this game, and there's days that I didn't want to go to practice. There's games that, like, you know, there's days that I was like, man, we got to do this weight session. And I, like, love basketball. Like, I eat, sleep, dream, right? Like, my whole life I have. But I, I think sometimes parents, like, it's a combination of what people said. Like, they're not realistic with goal setting, and they're not realistic with what their kid wants. Like, you can't live through your kid. Like, if they don't want to do it, you're going to hate college if you're going there for someone else. Like, you have to go to college or wherever and – and you have to want to be there. Otherwise, it's it's going to make you hate the game. And uh, that's literally, and as a coach now too, like that's the last thing you want to have any kid have is regret or resentment towards, I mean, the, this game. It's like the, the best game. I mean, we're biased here, but like the best game, you know, in the world. But um, you don't want to turn them away from it either. Good. Uh, so just a follow-up question uh, just came in. 
through our Twitter feed. They're asking about when did you guys start taking it serious uh, as far as your nutrition and your weight training? Anybody can answer that, whoever wants to jump on. But when did you start taking it serious with your nutrition and your weight training? Not early enough. That is one thing. I know we, there's a question that's coming in later, and, I, and people ask me this too. And I, Again, as you get older and stuff, this thing, these like things actually matter a little bit more. You know, I remember in AU, you run, eat a hot dog or whatever at the concession stand, walking taco, and then run back and play a game in an hour. Um, but when you start eating right and getting your sleep and drinking the right amount of like water and um, like, you know, like they said, your, your weight training, um, it makes a huge difference in your energy levels and your, um, in how your body feels. Um, but I, like I said, I probably started taking it seriously a little bit more when I get to college, but towards the end of my college career is when I really was, was on it. Um, and I'm still improving on on that now and that makes it just makes all the world a difference cool one one other question before we close out this first segment um maybe um grace what type of conversations uh did you have with your parents uh you know after a good game or after a bad game so they never wanted it more for me than I did for myself and I always would say like like it would be like a breakdown it would be like okay so remember that play when you like hit the ball out of the bounds off your foot like we gotta work on that tomorrow on the court I'll see you tomorrow I'll rebound for you like they're super supportive always there always willing to help but it was more so like me leading the conversation saying like this is why I did. Do you remember this play? Or like, that was a huge moment. Did you see that? Or did you get a picture of that? Like, it was always like me um, leading the conversation, but they always like backed it and were super aware of what I was saying and helped me any way they could. Excellent. All right. So we're going to close out this first segment. We're touching on the 45th minute of this first segment. Uh, this is great answers. Uh, for those of our listeners that are, are, are uh, tuning in to the You Can Be More podcast, we have some Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, as well as pro players joining us tonight. Make sure you have out your notebooks and you jot down these nuggets that they're dropping. Stay tuned. We got the second segment coming up real soon. This is the best damn podcast in the land. If you're just tuning in to the last segment you tuned in probably to the best segment because uh, if you're a high school basketball player, uh, we have professional basketball players, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA players who will be giving tips to you young and upcoming players, uh, especially those that are looking to play at the next level. Uh, so get out your notebooks, take these notes from these players. Um, but before we get to that, I want to—I just want to test out these these college basketball players and these pro basketball players on a little bit of something. So uh, let's go with Grace because you're the youngest. We got Grace Scalzel. She plays at UW Parkside. Used to play at Kenosha Bradford High School. Grace, which WNBA player missed? her high school prom 
to play basketball. Hmm. How much time do I have to answer this question? You have five <laughs> seconds. Um, I'm gonna just go with a. I'm gonna go with Maya Moore, but that could just be a shot in the dark. Maya but. Moore, definitely a shot in the dark. Nope. Uh, anybody okay. else have an answer to this question? Which WNBA player missed her prom to play basketball? So now I was a travel basketball coach last summer, and I had probably about six players that missed games in a tournament to go to a prom. So obviously I'm not naming any of them. Anybody else want to take a guess? Brandon, one question to follow up that. Was there another tournament the next weekend? There wasn't another tournament that next weekend. Nope. Okay, all right, I'm just making okay. sure. Anyways, looks like none of you guys have the answer. So uh, that player was... DT, in the words of Sam Logic. Who knows who DT is, but I guess if you're playing in the WNBA and you're playing against those players, Diana Taurasi, she missed her prom to play in a basketball game. We talking about prom. You only get one of those. I love Diana Taurasi. I feel like all of us probably missed prom. I know I have missed prom. Like, it's, it's bogus. They shouldn't even have the tournament at the same time, but... We missed it. Or they shouldn't have prom at the same time. I mean, that's just me. Uh, we're going we're gonna to move on to the next one. What, and th this question is going to go to uh, Gabby. What WNBA player is said to have the same mindset, the same mentality, mentality as Michael Jordan? Yeah. Um. Look, we're we're we are stumping these 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 starters on these questions tonight. I feel like it would be. Mm, I mean, DT is just the goat, but <laughs> like I'm yeah, I'm just gonna. Mm, it's not gonna be her, but all the answers be DT. Is that a thing? Yeah, I'm a, I'm just gonna say DT. I'm gonna say Tarasi, but um, yeah, I'm saying Tarasi. Is that your final answer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what, ladies and gentlemen, she is correct. Diana Taurasi uh, is the only player that everyone else, all the analysts, would say that her mindset matches up with Michael Jordan. Uh, this question is going to go to Jayla. Jayla Harris, what was Sue Bird's favorite part of the last dance? Mm. Um, uh, wow. Stomp cheese. Yeah. Any of the other starters can help us out with that? It was some specific game. I don't remember which one. She said it in, in the documentary, but I don't remember which one it was. Mm. Any of the bench players can figure out this answer. Bill Jackson doing yoga barefoot during practice. <laughs> nope. Nobody has his answer. Wow. Okay. I'll give it. Corey, you got something? Yeah, Dennis Rodman going to Vegas and Jordan picking him up. Mm, you are very close. Very close. Um, 
Sue Bird's favorite part of the last dance was John Starks dunking on Michael Jordan. However, he dunked on Horace Grant and Michael Jordan just happened to be a part of it at the end. But that was her favorite part of the last dance. She's a big New York Knicks fan and yeah, that was her favorite part. Even though they ended up losing that series, that was her favorite part of the last dance. Um, last question to, to stump all of you, and you guys are gonna go 0 for 4. Um, this question is gonna go to the Mississippi Stater. Who was the player Diana Taurasi wanted to be like or play like when she was growing up? Jordan. Who? Michael Jordan. Michael <laughs> Jeffrey Jordan. That is a great guess. However, it's an educated guess and that's wrong. Anybody else? Grace, Sam, Gabby, Jayla. Any guesses? Wow. Wow. We stumped them again. How about the bench players? Any guesses? Wait, wait, wait. Where did she grow up at? I don't know. That's that's for you to know. New York? Greg Leach. I was just going to ask, NBA, WNBA? NBA. NBA. Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Good educated answer. It's wrong. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Oh, even better. You're, you're you're a lot warmer than everybody else. All right, you guys. Will Larry you Bird. Is it Bird? Larry Bird. Who? Is it Larry Bird? Larry Bird. Nope. That's a good guess, though. So... I will say that I'll give you guys one last guess. This guess is much closer to all of you than you guys would expect. LeBron. <laughs> okay. Looks like none of you guys are going to get this answer. Uh, so I will tell you it was from Kenosha, Kenosha's own, Nick Van oh. Exel. Diana Taurasi wanted to play like and be like Nick Van Exel as she was growing up. Um, though that was one of her favorite players, Nick Van Exel and Eddie Jones. So, moving into our closing segment, um, we're going to start off with the with with the eldest. So Sam Logic, WNBA Euro player. If you could give any advice to the young and upcoming players looking to play at the next level, what would that be? I think um, there's a, a couple things, but my, my favorite one I've ever heard, I think, was um, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Um, I think whether you want to play at the next level or not, um, he said, don't try to, my, my high school coach, Watt Booker, um, he said, don't compare yourself to Candace Parker, don't um, be the next one. He said, you don't know how much work they put in to, to do what they did. You know, um, 
I think you kind of emulate their work ethic, but he said your your work might not get you there, or you might be able to be better than them. So um, you have to be to work at being your best, and, and like like we said earlier, like bring your one hundred percent every day, because um, even some people's one hundred percent every day still won't get them to be Candice or DT or you know an MJ. But um, if you go in there every single day and be your best, then I mean, there's nothing else that you can do. Thanks for that, Sam. Gabby. Um, I would say, um, kind of, well, Sam hit on it a little earlier, like it goes hand in hand with like, be where your feet are, like stay in the moment. Like don't, um, I think us as society and as kids and everyone and like you naturally are what's next, what's you're always wanting, wanting what's next or you're wishing things away sometimes and you get so caught up in, um, wanting to be done with something, whether it's hard in the moment or, I mean, like high school went fast. I thought high school went fast. College went 10 times faster. And looking back, it's like um, you don't want to regret and, and wish things away, I guess. So just enjoy the moment. Like really be in it um, and give it your all in that moment because you could say, man, I hate this. I can't wait to be graduated. I can't wait to be done. And before you know it, you really are done. And you're going to look back and be like, man, those are the, you know, some of the best four years of my life type thing. So um, I'll just say no matter how hard it is or whatever, um, it's it's really not. And, and enjoy that and, and embrace the struggle. But um, don't don't wish your time away because you can't get that back. Embrace the struggle. I like that. Uh, Jayla. I say um, don't give up on yourself. Uh, there's always going to be someone that you see better than you or there's going to be times where things might seem too big, but don't discourage yourself and don't um, let fears or whatever hold you back. Keep pushing and doing what you have to do to become the best player that you can let be. And um, know that the people that you have around you, you can go to and rely on them and rely on your teammates and rely on your friends for help and encouragement. You don't have to go through it yourself because other people are having the same problems. You just might not know where they're struggling with the same dribble and drill that you are. So just don't give up on yourself and keep pushing. Thank you for that, Jayla. Uh, Sid. I would say stay uncomfortable. Um, understand that once you get comfortable, that's when you start to not realize the other things that you could be working on. Um, you might be really good at driving the ball to the hoop, but cannot make a jump shot to save your life. Like, stay uncomfortable. Let that be known to your coaches. Like, make me dribble with my left hand. I suck at it. I want to work on it. Let's do it. Let's dedicate time to that. Um, and I think once you have that mentality to like kind of stay on the edge, stay uncomfortable, then it makes you always look at when you perfect one thing, what can I work on next? What can I perfect next? And then the more aspects you get to your game, that's just more money for you. Cause then you can add, you can show different things that you're capable of. Like don't be a one dimensional player. Thank you for that, Sid. Jayla. Do we double up? It's Grace. Grace Scalzo. 
So um, I would say do the little things and um, be the best teammate that you can be because to me that that's like the best compliment that stood out tonight. Like when you have to think back to who is your best teammate, like those are the people that are always doing little things. Um, they're the ones with a smile on their face, having fun in the moment and pushing you to be your best. So if you can become the best teammate, I think you can become like your best self and that's what basketball is about too, so. Thank you for that, Grace. Um, Corey, what can you leave us with for the young pups? Well, I, I would echo what all these ladies said. Uh, being the best teammate you can be. Um, one thing we preach with our guys a lot of is um, being really easy to play with, but really hard to play against. Um, if, if you can be that as a basketball player, it's going to go a long ways. And then obviously off the floor. Um, it, it's important to, to take care of business off the floor and be a consistent human being, uh, a consistent, good human being, um, is really important. So, um, but I, I truly enjoyed every minute listening to these ladies. They, they have been outstanding. So, uh, yeah, so I guess that's a retweet pretty much of, of what all of them said. So, uh, coach Atanasov, Jason. Um, I just tell current high school players and, and I would imagine college that they determine their playing time. You know, we all want to win. We're truly not playing favorites or predetermining or just cause this, uh, dad's a big donor or these two kids, parents or faculty members or whatever the case may be. Um, playing time is earned and, uh, you've had three months to, to work on your game. So you've been taking care of business, there could certainly be changes next winter. Great. Well, I prepared for this answer, but Gabby took it. So um, I'm going to have to pivot. But I, I loved her answer. The only thing I would add is, is that goes to, for parents as well. Um, you know, don't don't count up minutes, don't count up points. Don't uh, count coaches mistakes. There's people, there are people out there that are doing that. Enjoy the moment when you have your child in the house with you. Enjoy that experience. Focus in on that. Be positive. And to the to the player, I would just say, you control your own destiny and be accountable for it. Excellent. Right. Excellent answers all the way around. Uh, I guess if I could put all those answers into one, I would uh, be a Gabby Ortiz and say retweet what everybody just said, um, but I, I I can't I can't leave off on that. So I will say um, to the younger players and, and to the younger or to the parents that have players that are looking to play at the next level, I would say reach out to to players like Sidney Cooks, uh, Grace Scalzo. Jayla Harris, Sam Logic, uh, Gabby Ortiz. Reach out to those players and, and ask questions. Uh, all of these players seem like very personable players. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't have a relationship with uh, Sam Logic or Gabby Ortiz, really. Uh, I know of Sydney. Kind of, you know, we're, we're Lancers, 
uh, and Jayla is a Lancer, and I coached. Oh, and Jason Atanasoff is a Lancer, and I coached at Bradford, so I know uh, uh, Grace seen her in the hallways and, and uh, gave her a hard time throughout throughout the years when she was there. But I I would say that all of you you ladies are are personable, and I would say all you guys are, are ladies are approachable. So young players, you really if you're looking to play at the next level. You have to reach out to those players that played at the next level. Don't take advice from play. I won't even say players, but don't take advice from people that are in the hair salons or the nail salons or or those players that are at your local parks or your local gyms that have never played at the next level. I would say take advice from those players that are playing or have played where you want to be and that is the next level um and 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 be okay with getting that real and tough information that you probably don't want to really receive i think that's the most important but reach out to those players that have played at that next level or that are playing at that next level and try and get that real raw authentic conversation going uh, so that you can prepare yourself for playing at the next level. Uh, and that's my tip because uh, these players all gave some amazing, amazing golden nuggets for a lot of you players that are looking to play at the next level. If you listen to this podcast, you have some NAIA, D3, D2, D1 uh, pro players uh, that you could take a lot of those tips and then apply it to yourself apply it to your game and, and really roll with it. Uh, really want to appreciate all of you ladies for taking out this time, uh, joining our podcast tonight. And again, for our bench players, who's always here, ready to come off the bench, even though they don't get a lot of minutes, uh, they're still a part of the team and they have not quit. That's important. Hopefully all you guys catch that and are listening. So, Shout out to all of you guys that joined the You Can Be More podcast. It's it's uh, 1221 East Coast time. So we're going to holler back. Shout out to the NBA on ES. Oh, no, we're not going to go ESPN. We're going to go NBC because we're old school. It's the 90s. We'll holler. You Can Be More podcast. Let's go.